You're listening to TED Talks Daily. I'm Elise Hugh. Farming feeds all of us, and big farms in rural areas face volatility not just from climate change, but also from fast-changing technology. How do farms keep up? In today's conversation from TED at BCG in 2021, farming champion Beth Ford sits down with TED's business curator, Corey Hagem, to discuss her ideas to make farms more resilient in the future. Hey, I'm Dr. Jen Gunter, host of a podcast from TED called Body Stuff. I'm a doctor, and on this show, I debunk medical myths by exploring how the body works and some of the surprising cultural backstories behind the medicine. Next up, what's the secret to having healthier poops? Look before you flush. Listen to Body Stuff with Dr. Jen Gunter on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Here with me today is Beth Ford, the CEO of Lando Lakes, a farming cooperative that works across the United States and in dozens of countries around the world. And she's gonna share with us her vision about how to create a better future for farmers that's both environmentally and economically sustainable. Hi Beth, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for the invitation. I'm looking forward to the conversation. Let's first talk about the broadband issue. How big of a problem is this? And how does it affect the farming community, both as, as you said, as families and as businesses? So the estimates have been that 18 million Americans lack broadband access, 14 million are in rural America. Now, having said that, the broadband, I'm thinking, trying to remember what the name of the organization is, did a study and they actually say the number's more like 42 million. And the reason is the mapping is inaccurate. So what could happen is, let's say I have a 7-Eleven in a town and that has Wi-Fi or broadband access because they laid a line. It would show up on the map as though that community largely has um, broadband and it does not. And so it's a significant issue. Think about the education of your children. I know you have three, I have three, and there were, you know, many of them were doing remote schooling. Well, what's happening on the farm, this is legitimately what's occurring, is that the teacher from the town is driving paper homework out to the farms to give them the homework so that they can continue to, to go to school. And, and that's just one example of many. And so this is a major challenge because if we don't have basic wiring, we, you know, I can say we, we need like a 1930s rural electric initiative where we go across the country and we make this, this should be a right. This should be something that is a basic like mail delivery and electricity. This should not be uh, just for those who have. And the scale of it is the estimate is to be 80 to $100 billion to close this gap. But the challenge of that is that um, you get the funding, and then how is it implemented? Now, we all know you can't just say, and I, I say, well, I don't go in as CEO, go to the board, say I need $100 million for this tech platform, and then oh, we approved, here's the return, and then I go in and I throw it to the business unit heads, and I'm like, you guys decide who's in charge of that, right? And there's a little bit about it. It becomes a jump ball between you know, the FCC and the USDA and then the governors and and suddenly we're in the, we, we don't have enough and we're in the couches looking for quarters and nickels to pay the pizza guy so that we can finish this off. As though it's not a priority. As though it's not a priority. As though it's somebody else's problem. And it is all of our problem. This is a national security issue. I cannot say it, you know, more directly. So it's a major issue because I'm concerned about speed here. 
in addition to the funding. And the good news is this has been bipartisan support whenever I speak. I speak with the National Governors Association, the you know, State Departments of Ag. I mean, name it. Name the administration official. I've done it. This is a bipartisan issue. It has to be a prioritization issue. It has to be something that we decide as a country is a priority. And it means in every state. I've heard stories about, well, you've you've put Wi-Fi or or in some of these communities, they've put Wi-Fi on the buses and then, you know, kids are sitting outside the local library or the local McDonald's to do their homework. And it's just it's it's just so unfair. Um, it's unacceptable. Those, unacceptable. Unacceptable is the right word. Um, it also affects um, the businesses, right? The farming, farming as a business, um, because there's so much technology being used. Well, there is, you know, so I oftentimes I'm at an event and they're talking about all this cool new tech. And listen, I just said we, we use satellite technology. We have big data, data and analytics, um, John Deere's tractors or auto steer. And I'm like, how can you use, are you using that? No. Why? Well, because I lose connection. Um, and so I can't, I can't utilize it. You know, there's so many exciting uh, investments and, and innovation occurring in the sector that will make farmers more efficient. Um, will be better for climate and the environment. I'll talk a little bit about that in a minute. But, um, but none of that can be used if we don't have the appropriate um, technology access, if we don't have broadband. These are data-intensive models, and they require bandwidth to do so and, and to utilize them effectively. So it's a, it's a major issue. So that from a business perspective, it's an efficiency, it's a sustainable production issue, it's a and then back to the, the community, again, stable operating environment. You know, I constantly have my mother in my ear like, you're only as happy as your least happy child, right? Oh. <laughs> right. And why is that? Because, you know, if you can't feel confident your child has the best education, has access to a doctor, pretty hard to be focused on your business. And the farming is a business. And so... We have to recognize if there's a number of hospitals, local hospitals have shut down. Um, there's no banking. There's this great unbanked, no housing. Uh, it, it doesn't work to have a stable operating environment in these farming communities. And yes, directly, you cannot use the new innovation and technology, um, the, high, the data utilization, if you do not have broadband. So the technology is a challenge. And as you said, it's so important for the, the business. And you mentioned climate. So I'd love to dive into that because in addition to sort of challenging market dynamics, you also have climate volatility and an increasing weather volatility and technology is helping to address that. Can you talk a little bit about the technology that's, that's being used by farmers to manage that volatility? Sir, well, you know, first of all, what you're helping them do is make improved decisions that make their farms more resilient and that they can take, make a more sustainable business practices. So what we've started, we have a business called Truterra. Um, it's run by Jason Weller, who used to run NRCS for the, under the Obama administration. And, um, and what this, do, this business does, it works in multiple ways. We work through our local retailer, the agronomist. They get insights from our Truterra Insights Engine. It literally is at the farm level, acre by acre, where they can understand what the soil type is, what the water situation is, all of those things. It can also talk what kind of tractor do you use, how many passes at the field do you make. So we can make improved, sustainable production decisions. 
More recently, probably just last week, we, we announced our True Carbon platform, which is a systemic way that we can work with farmers, data-based, this is partnered with the Soil Health Institute, with many environmental groups, to create a carbon credit. So where the farmer is making a decision that is improving you know, carbon capture and at the same time is improving their own profitability and then is able to monetize that. Our first customer um, was Microsoft and they're using this for carbon credits. And why is this so important? In addition to the fact that we have validation and this is an evolving marketplace, carbon and carbon credits, carbon offsets. It's an unstructured pricing environment and I think all the studies would show that um, agriculture is a great way um, for us to, to address this issue using basic photosynthesis. So if we, if we agree that, then we have to say, what is that pricing environment? One of the fundamental things we started with is the farmer. In fact, Secretary Vilsack more recently said in his confirmation hearing, we've got to start with the farmer. And that farmer has to be profitable when making that decision. It's a virtuous circle. So we want the farmer to take action, but the farmer can't just, you can't just say, everybody put on cover crops. That's the best. Because then the farmer isn't profitable. And then how do we make sure that we can sustain our food production um, and the farm? So uh, we're working with this inside engine, with our agronomic advice, with soil health and soil testing, with any number of uh, pieces of data and process and expertise. And that's what differentiates, I think, our approach that it goes right back to the farm level, um, but leverages technology. We have a partnership with Microsoft, um, their Farm Beats program, their Airband. Um, they're, we're, they're working with us on closing this digital divide in different communities so we can take advantage of these, these opportunities. Um, and at the same time, as I said, they were our first customer for our carbon credits. And one of the reasons I'm so focused on this, not just because this is an evolving marketplace, but because and because climate change is something we have to address and we want to address. And I believe farmers are part of the solution. They are a major part, a major opportunity for a solution. It also is another revenue source for farmers. And go back to that statistic I gave you about the hobby farmer, about the fact that they're working off the, um, off the farm to retain their, their farms. And, you know, the reality is there's going to be even more disruption in the coming years in this sector. It will be in some ways driven by the electrification of the transportation sector. That means biofuel utilization and a significant portion of the corn crop goes into biofuels, ethanol. And if that is no longer needed because we've gone to electric vehicles over the next 10 years, what happens to corn price, to land values? Um, and at the same time, soybeans, some of that is used for um, biodiesel. So that will be a major disruptor, disruptor to row crop farming. So we've got to point farmers that are pretty smart um, to, to the right levels of investment they can make for other sources of potential revenue for their farms. And I think that this is a great way to think about it. Right. So you feel like the things that farmers can do to be envir more environmentally sustainable can also help them economically. Exactly. And it must. It, it must. And that's why this model that we have, our True Terror Insight Center, is iterative almost. Hey, if I do these three things, what happens to my profitability? And it might be tied to a program that's available at the state level. It might be tied to um, you know, improve a variable rate application of your fertilizer where you don't put everything on at the same time and then have it seep into the soil. Instead, you look and you use, you know, your satellite technology and everything and you say, oh, I'm going to put partial on now and maybe I don't need as much later. Every piece, every um, acre on a farm 
is not the same and doesn't have the opportunity to um, yield as much one acre to the next. And with that, then where do you make the right investments? And a model like this helps you understand where to make those investments. We also have applied research plots, answer plots, where we help with our um, agronomists to, um, to help improve the, the planting decisions a farmer may make. And so there's any number of variables, and I say it makes a farm more resilient. And let's agree, we're going to get into a situation where the financial markets and the, the, the bankers are going to say, you need to be making investments that make your farm more resilient given the amount of disruption we're seeing already, right? Climate, we think of the fires in the West, the freeze in the, in the South, you know, in Texas. And we're going to see these events over the next number of years. We have to make the farm more resilient. That makes it more profitable for the farmer. It helps their ability to make an investment that we all know is necessary. But you, you mentioned that it can also be a revenue source. Can you give an example of how, you know, a climate mitigation technique um, also provides revenue for a farmer? Well, there's two things. One, I was just mentioning more directly this carbon, this true carbon, where you're generating a carbon credit because you're able to prove the new practices you're putting in place is going to reduce that. And you, you use that, that proof with the soil test in advance and then a number of years later. You may use a stabilizer, for instance, and that would mean that you don't have um, some of your nitrogen you're putting on or using, or using kind of seep into the soil. That in and of itself means you have less of investment you have to make in, your, um, in those products as you're putting on uh, fertilizer or, um, or planting different crops. But then more directly, that credit that you develop, because this market is evolving, can be sold. So the, what we're doing with the Microsoft um, partnership here and, and uh, their purchases, if you uh, are able to prove this tonnage reduction, um, it's like $20 a met ton um, for a carbon credit. So it's a more direct line payment for that in and of itself. And that's an evolving marketplace. We're going to see we're also partnered with Nori, who wants it's a platform like eBay, and they want to be the eBay of carbon credit trading. This is very early stage. But it's an exciting opportunity because we know it's going to take this kind of innovation, this creation, this technology to address climate change. And the farmers can be in a position where they can, they can be part of the solution. Thanks for being here, Beth. You bet. TED Talks Daily is hosted by me, Elise Hugh, and produced by TED. Theme music is from Allison Layton Brown, and our mixer is Christopher Fazy Bogan. We record the talks at TED events we host or from TEDx events, which are organized independently by volunteers all over the world. And we'd love to hear from you. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or email us at podcasts at TED.com.